Again, again, everyone partied out. Yes. Ready for some more, right? <laughs> well, I hope and pray you had a good week. You guys glad to be done with school? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so to say, my kids didn't answer, but they're up there today. <laughs> it was it was good seeing uh, the class of uh, 2022 graduate yesterday and uh, you know be be ready to walk out into life and uh, just uh, you know be in prayer for them as they go all over the place so you know as we as we see uh, changes coming you know we see like we talked about last last week we see that with seasons I think sometimes we we enjoy the change of seasons, but if you have allergies, you're like, oh yay, springtime is here. Uh, you know, so we might not enjoy the changes. But the the truth rings out still, even as we saw last week, that you know God is sovereign, and that we can trust Him in all times, uh, whatever the seasons may bring, whether we stay or go. Uh, we can know that the Lord wants us to be on mission. I think we've really seen that uh, through our study with Jonah, is that he wants us to be on mission. He wants us to fear him and to understand that salvation belongs to him alone. And then in that, we know the right path because we can walk according to his word and we can use our gifts, our energy, and our money to be about the Lord's will and way in the here and now. You know, together, as the body, we can do this. In Ephesians 4, it says, We are gifted to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. That the whole body would be built up. And that's each of us doing our own thing, right? But we are building up each other. To be about this end, until we obtain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to the measure of manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. When do we get there, right? When we see Him. When we see Him, we will be like Him. We keep on going day in and day out until the unity of the faith, until the knowledge of the Son of God so that we would be mature in the fullness of Christ. Now the aim of the local church isn't to be better than the church down the road, right? But to be like Christ. So that this wouldn't happen. And Paul states this also in Ephesians as you see, it's Ephesians 4, uh, 12 through uh, 16 was kind of what I'm taking from. But you see see this in Ephesians four fourteen. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So that we would be equipped, right? So to not be misled. That we would know the truth so that lies would not toss us to and fro. So the culture can't 
overturn us, but that we overcome these things, these schemes, because we trust in the one who has overcome the world. And that we would do this instead. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. That we would live differently. That we would speak truth and love, right? You know, living in an age today, we, you know, speaking truth in any form is not love. But if you don't speak truth, are you really, are you really loving someone? You know, the one who spoke truth with us is love. Because he is the one that shared the truth with us, right? You know, Jesus Christ brought grace and truth. He deals with the reality of the situation and brings grace so we don't have to deal with the reality of hell. That we would grow up into Christ. So as this process continues, it states this in Ephesians as well, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love and that we would be fixed upon Jesus together as we talked at the baccalaureate on uh, on Friday, it was about fellowship, right? You know, that is one of those key components of, of gathering, of, of being together so that we would join together and be equipped, be working, and then be built in love. That is why, that is what the local church needs, that we would step out and serve the Lord and serve each other. Well, Jonah had shown us what happens when we are out of step with God's mission for us? You know, distress hit him. Consequences of his choice hit him as well. He was disciplined and he came to fear God and to understand that salvation belongs to the Lord alone. So Jonah turned and cried out to God. And when we are out of step with God's mission, when we are running away from his purpose, we cannot build, right? cannot love and we will not speak truth and love the only way to be about his will is to be about according to his word now let's start with a, a word of prayer before we turn to Jonah oh, Father God we, we thank you for today thank you for uh, graduation yesterday we do we do pray for uh, for those stepping out into the workplace, out into college. We pray also for the homeschool uh, people that have uh, graduated as well as they, they work and then go off to school or, or more schooling. Lord, that you would guide them and that they would seek you and meditate upon you. And Lord, with us also, whether we're, we're plugging into this community or another community, that we would, we would love upon it and that we would point to the hope of all nations, and that's you, Lord. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, you have shown us the way, the truth, and the life, and given us salvation under his name. 
and we thank you for this time. Uh, be with us as we study your, your word. Help us uh, to, to not just know it, but to, to live uh, what you have before us. And it's in uh, your name, in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I'm not feeling too well today, so I apologize if I take more drinks than usual. <laughs> so it is tea, just to let you know. Mango, mango black tea from Trader's Joe. It's really good. So there's my selling point today. Oh, but please turn your Bibles with me to Jonah chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3, we'll start in verse 1. And it states this. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, a good part to stop right in the middle of a sentence, right? It brings us back to the beginning of the book. The Lord had called this prophet, this servant, and the servant had run away. So the Lord had brought discipline and judgment upon Jonah with the storm and the flood around him. But then Jonah turned to the Lord and cried out to him. You know, we saw that where you know the Lord not only listened, but he acted, right? He brought salvation with the fish and the dry land. The Lord took time to deal with his servant to speak with him in truth and grace and with a strong hand comes discipline, right? The Lord wants Jonah. He wants all of us to serve him and to be about ministry. Now, if you've ever studied any part of ministry, you might have walked across the Warren Wearsby book and read this quote. Warren Wearsby defines ministry as this. Ministry takes place when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. I remember reading that in Bible college and I was like, oh, that's a cool quote. It's also very true, right? It's about being a loving channel. It's about the resources of the Almighty meeting human needs. That we would meet the word of God in its context, right? That's always that's always something, right? Take take them to the context, but also bring that context back into ours as well. That it would have influence upon us and inform us how we live, how we work, and how we honor the Lord in our context. The problem comes, you know, we. Me and Hannah have talked about this. The problem comes is what, what happens when we get dirt in our channel? What happens if there's a mudslide? What happens if, like Jonah, you turn it off and you run the other way, right? You know, what happens? Well, what happens when we have a problem? He did not want to go where the Lord had told him to. So he fled the scene. But thanks be to God, right? You know, those cool parts of the Bible, but God, you know, but God. But God loves us too much to leave us where we are. 
you know, that's quoted a lot from different people. I found it by Alan Parr. He's a really uh, fun apologist on YouTube. Um, I, I like watching his videos. With Jonah, God loved him. So he didn't let Jonah walk into destruction. And thankfully, God does the same with us. Please turn your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 3. It's always a good place to go. Go to the beginning. And this is after the fall. In verses 22 and 20, uh, sorry, verses 22 through 24. records this of what God does after the fall and then the Lord God said behold the man has become like one of us knowing good and evil now at least he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken he drove out the man at the east of the garden of Eden and placed the cherubim cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Now Adam and Eve had believed the lie. They had taken from the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They had hidden from God. They had made clothes for themselves out of fig leaves. But the Lord found them, right? Made them deal with the issue, with their sin. He judged them for it, and then he clothed them. This next part is grace also. The Lord God did not want us stuck in our sinful state forever. So he drove Adam and Eve out of the garden and set a guard. And no one would take of the tree of life. God would make another way. right? And then the rest of Genesis goes on and all these nations come about and the flood happens and civilizations grow. Darkness of the humanity of humanity's heart is seen. If you turn over to Genesis 12, we see the Lord call a man out of the nations. Of Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. If I get there. The Lord says this, now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and to him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now the Lord calls Abram, who later would become Abraham, be called Abraham, to make a nation and to bless him, to make his name great. So you just store it up, right? No, to be a blessing. That he would bless those that bless him and that he would curse those that curse Abraham. And then in all the families of the earth through him would be blessed. 
that the nations would come to this. This is what Jeremiah states to Israel. If you return, O Israel, declares the Lord to me, you should return. If you remove your detestable things from my presence and do not waver, and if you swear as the Lord lives in truth and in justice and in righteousness, then the Lord shall bless, then, sorry, then the nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him they shall glory. How cool is that? You know, if Israel was on mission, if they were about blessing others other than just keeping it to themselves, the nations would know the Lord. And they would glory in Him. But as we see from biblical history, they were off mission. The runaway prophet shows their heart, right? He did not want to go to Nineveh for very specific reasons. The Lord called out to Abraham to bless him so that he would bless others. The same with Jonah and the same with us. We are blessed not just to keep that blessing, but to bless others as well. The book of Jonah records this next in chapter 3. Of verses 2 and 3 state this. The Lord says this, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was exceedingly an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. It's a big city, you know? <laughs> the Lord called him again to go to that great city, to call out against it. As we saw back in chapter 1, the Lord wanted Nineveh to know that its evil had come up before him. It's the same message that the Lord tells Jonah in chapter 1. You know, as we thought there for a while, you know, this is what truth does, right? It, it deals with reality of our state, of our brokenness, of our need, and of our evil. <clears throat> the Bible states of humanity that no one is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. And that their feet are swift to shed blood, and their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. You know, the law holds us to account for those things. It tells us that no one will be justified in the Lord's sight by his own works. But thankfully, it doesn't end there, right? This is the truth we need. We need to deal with what's in front of us, but also what's inside of us as well. Then we are able and willing and ready to receive the news, right? The good news. Well, please turn your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 3. Well, Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. Paul writes this. 
but now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God put forward as a propitiation, as a covering by His blood, to receive by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time, so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Oh, those but God passages are really cool. You know, that is the blessing of all the families of the earth. That through the line of Abraham being the son of David, the offspring of the woman, Jesus, whom the law and the prophets pointed to, would come and be the atonement of all of humanity. The people everywhere need this truth. They need to know that God doesn't want them to stay in their broken estate. He wants them to come home, to come to Him and find everlasting life. I love this turning point in Jonah because it shows us that we all have our ups and downs in life. At times we flee. At times we run headlong in it. In the other way, we seek vain things like trying to get away from God, right? We looked at that and it's like, well, how foolish is that? You know, theologically you can't, but you know, physically you can you can try. But thankfully we saw that God disciplines his children. So we don't go the wrong way. That we understand that that way is a derailed life, a deformed faith and a destroyed witness where the Lord wants us to live for for His glory. Jonah had gone off course, but the Lord still wanted him to carry out this mission by taking the message to Nineveh. And that, that turning point of the book is, you know, Jonah arose and went. Because Jonah now feared the Lord, right? Jonah now understood that salvation belongs to the Lord alone. As Jonah had to have his meeting with God in that storm. He now understood who the Lord was and who he himself was as as Isaiah, right? Isaiah understood, woe is me, I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips and a people of unclean lips. And he came to fear the Lord. Jonah now understood that salvation belongs to the Lord. You know, in this event, he had been distressed. He had almost died. He turned to the Lord, and the Lord had brought him out of the depths of the pit. As he said, I was almost dead and buried, and yet you heard me. But now Jonah went according to the word of the Lord. 
you know, we can look at the whole history of Israel and see that it is full of failure, full of sin, full of disregard for the word of the Lord, right? Again and again they rebelled. But again and again the Lord always called them back. Jesus even calls them in the Gospel of Matthew. And it says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered you children together? Your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wing, and you are not willing. And the Lord wants Israel to willingly come back to him, that they would turn to him and find shelter in him alone. And Paul tells the church this. Now these things happen to them as an example, but they are written down for our instruction on whom the end of the age has come. Now the Old Testament is not just a history book. It's a cool history book, you know, in those parts, right? You know, it is a part of the living and active Word of God here to give us descriptive passages, right? That's what happened. They pretty much instruct us so we will not go that way. All right? they're, not, they're not good things to do. Which is true of all of history in general. And let's learn from this so we don't repeat it. The mistake in, in our own Bible interpretations and, and a lot of the world's uh, interpretation is that they take descriptive passages and say, well, this is what Christianity believes. This is what they do. And it's like, oh, what are you reading? <laughs> you know, we need to clearly state, you know, there are descriptive passages in the Bible that tell us history, tell us things that happen and in very raw detail as well. And then there are prescriptive passages in the Bible that tell us this is what we believe and this is how we live because of what has happened in the light of those doctrines, those teachings, those actions of Jesus. The book of Jonah continues in chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. It states this, Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he, cried, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. Now, Nineveh was a humongous city. It would have taken three days for someone to cover that. Jonah takes about a day walk into this humongous city, into this city full of evil, full of enemies of Israel. The city that he has been called to. And now he speaks the only words of prophecy in a book of a prophet. And he says this, In 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. It's not a lot of information to go on, right? But the word went out. It brings us to this truth. We, we can only deal with what we know. 
And religions and their whole set of things are really guesswork where revelation is revealed knowledge is, is God revealing himself making it clear giving us, giving us this information so that he is knowable and it is available to us and that we can read it we can study it and we can live it I'll go ahead and turn your Bibles with me if you want to to 2 Timothy chapter 3 it's always the, the go to verses when you're talking about this subject right but Paul states this to Timothy he says all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching for reproof for correction and for the training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete there's the same word as mature just as the church is to grow into maturity and equipped for every good work and we have the whole revelation of God of his words breathed out it is here and it is profitable towards this towards teaching it gives us doctrine gives us how to live our lives for the Lord in the here and now it corrects us when we go off course it is a lamp unto our feet unto our path and it is to train us in the ways of righteousness. You know, just as you know, we are to be an instrument of righteousness, we're also to be a workmanship of the Lord, equipped for good works. To do that, we must do this, as Paul also tells Timothy in 2 Timothy. A little bit before this, in 2.15, he states this to Timothy. He says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And we are all called to do this, right? To do our best and to present ourselves to God. Not to anyone else, right? But to be about His approval that we wouldn't be ashamed because we have rightly handled the word of truth. It's, you know, it's not so much about knowing more than the next person in the next pew but to go about living what we know acting upon it if we look at the people of Nineveh and their reaction we see the same thing we saw in who? the sailors right? what little they knew they, they took it and they ran with it right? Jonah had spoken to his city. People had heard it, and they took action. They believed God, the text says. Even though they didn't know Jonah, they had no idea who he was. They called for action, for a fast, that they would stop partaking of food and meals for a time to focus and to repent. They put on sackcloth, which is an outward symbol of mourning. From the greatest to the least, everyone took action because they did not want what Jonah had said to happen. You know, the question at the end is, what do we do with what we know? You know, the days 
context, the people of Nineveh heard a, oh, not even a sentence, right? They heard a sentence from God and they acted. From Jonah, from the other prophets of Israel, how many times had they heard from God? Again and again, right? If we turn back and look at 2 Kings chapter 14, if you want to turn there with me in your Bibles, we see this, right? We see that Jeroboam had become king of the northern kingdom of Israel. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and he made Israel to sin. But this is what the Lord did in the time. In verse 25, he restored the borders of Israel from Laboth Hamath. Uh, as I saw a beautiful meme this week, like, oh, the two brain cells that you know, are clapping for this guy trying to pronounce words in the Old Testament. It was so funny. I'm like, yeah, man, it takes those two, <laughs> it takes those two to, to, to pronunciate, some, pronunciate, pronounce some of these words. As far as the Sea of Arabeth, according to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, which he spoke by the servant of Jonah, the son of er, of er, oh, man, excuse me, Ermete, the prophet, who was from Gath Helper, for the Lord saw the affliction of Israel was very bitter, for there was none left, bond or free, and there was none to help Israel. But the Lord had not said that He would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, so He saved them by the hand of Jeroboam the son of Joshua. God had seen their affliction in this time. He had had mercy upon them. He had blessed them. And yet, is there any repentance here? You read before this time. You read after this time. And you read the book of Jeremiah alone, let alone the other prophets. And you see Israel continues in its wayward rebellion. Now, Nineveh's evil had come up to the Lord and the Lord sent Jonah to cry out against them and one word from God that city was repenting history tells us <coughs> that the Syrian empire was in a time of decline there was civil unrest there were famines and plagues and so a lot of, a lot of historians are like well they, they, were, they were ready you know, a strange prophet comes in, walks into town, cries out this message, and they were ready to act. Yet Israel, time and time again, walked wayward. They had warnings and messages sent to them, but exile came closer and closer as they would not listen. They were coming to a part of their history where they would learn the lesson the hard way through experience found a really good quote from Oz Guinness and he says the the tool of experience or the the teaching tool of the fool is experience and I was like that's a, that's good so what will the church do right that's the question what will we do in the here and now while we see these sailors and we see these people of Nineveh we see the whole world looking for something because turn on any radio station, we all understand that something is broken. Something is not 
right here. We are in need. If we see that, will we act? Or will we build our fortresses, build our own lives, and leave the world to burn? Or will we see the blessings, the gifts God has given us, and use them to build, to equip each other, to run towards Christ together, to gather before Him and be refreshed, to be renewed in our hearts and minds by the Word of God, and to not go back? That we would build that we would go forward according to the word of the Lord. You know, that's the words that struck me, you know, the title of the sermon. <laughs> according to the word of the Lord. Where will we go our own way? Wondering like the world does, where did purpose go? Why are all of these things happening? Or will we turn to Him and understand who He is and who we are and then fear Him and to know that salvation alone belongs to Him? Only then will we turn to Him and believe and go forward according to His Word. So how do we start? I think a lot of it is we think, well, there's got to be some grand gesture, some gift we can give, something we can do. And as I thought about this, I was like, you know, simple acts. I forgot to bring it up with me, but back in 04, my senior year of high school, a long time ago, <laughs> you, know, you watch some of those good movies, and you're like, oh, man, this is so good. And then you see the date, and you're like, oh, man, I saw this in theaters. <laughs> you know, a simple act of someone giving someone a Bible. And the simple acts of, of praying for someone, praying for your classmates, praying for those kids yesterday. The simple acts, simple steps, take us forward or take us backwards, even in life itself. To trust the Lord or to trust ourselves alone. To take His path or to take our own. You know, taking the simple acts daily take us to life or take us to destruction. You know, being, you know, graduation season, it always uh, brings up Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. It says, trust in the Lord with all your hearts and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn from evil. You know, graduation is one of those monumental turning points of life. And they come. They come, you know, from who your God is to whom you marry to, you know, how you interact with your children. It, but it also comes daily, too. The ins and outs of life take us one way or another. I, th I guess it's graduate right now, because I know there's two. But and we celebrate, you guys, gal, <laughs> and those that are continuing as well. You know, we celebrate your accomplishment, accomplishment, 
of making it this far. You got you got this done, now go get her done, right? In the words of Larry Cable, Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> Now, do you want to come up here today, Sierra? I won't make you. Huh? You don't have to. <laughs> I was going to say, your, your gift is in the office, so we'll give it to you later, though. You yeah, either, either way, I'll pray for you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say to you and to others, to always remember the Lord. You know, seek Him daily. And that's, and that's for all of us. You know, let His Word be a lamp unto your path in life. And, you know, as you go out to, to school and to life, to, to know the Lord always. I, I wanted to share Psalm 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the wicked. Or, not in the counsel of the wicked. <laughs> nor stands in the way of the sinners. Nor... And that sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted in the streams of water. That yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. And all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so. But are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment. Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And a simple acts, right? For all of us. Who we walk with, who we stand with, who we even sit with matters. And what we meditate on matters. Oh, two more verses? Okay. <laughs> so let us, let us all meditate on this. The end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. You know, no matter where we go, fine dining sounds really fun. I, I just, it's exciting. We'll come visit constantly. <laughs> you know, let us remember the Lord and whatever we do, wherever we go and whatever we go through let us fear him no salvation comes from him and point to him for he is the almighty he loves the world he's the lover of our souls and let us walk according to his word let's let's pray oh uh, father god we we thank you for sierra we thank you for all of the graduates um, all those that are continuing into high school, all those that are coming into middle school, all of those that are even starting preschool or kindergarten, any any grade, we just lift them all up, Lord. We pray that they would have a good summer. We pray for your guidance upon their lives. Pray uh, that you would just be, that they would be mindful of you, Lord. Uh, Father, uh, we just... Uh, Pray that we would all meditate upon you and all know that you are the Lord above. Let us fear you. Let us honor you. Let us point to you with our lives, uh, no matter where we go or what we do. Uh, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.